Hey, what's up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis Ford State Farm Studio. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, Benjamin Woodhouse. Also being joined by a new title sponsor here on the show, Drew Moak of Transamerica Insurance is here. Um, tell you a little bit about both Davis McCord State Farm and Transamerica Insurance. Uh, you've heard about it before on the show, um, but Davis McCord and State Farm is uh, your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is uh, ready to help. So give him a call at 901-755-6110 to get your surprisingly great rates today like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Also, like I said, new title sponsor here, Transamerica Insurance is changing the way that you look at life insurance. They're rated best term life insurance company in 2020 by Forbes, and they offer 10, 20, and 30-year term life insurance catered to your individual needs. So ask about their living benefits option and get a free quote by calling one Drew Moke, who is on the show. You will hear from him in just a moment at 601-953-8449. He's licensed to Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas, among others, and uh, he will help you get started today. Again, that's 601-953-8449. Ben, Drew, welcome to the show. As always, glad to be here. Excited for some postseason baseball at Swayze. <laughs> Going to be a good weekend. Um, I think on the surface, Ole Miss thought that, uh, you know, or Ole Miss fans thought we kind of got um, a little bit of a – um, the uh, proverbial shaft from the NCAA. But in closer look, I don't think the regional is all that tough, especially considering who Ole Miss played down the stretch in SEC playing in the SEC tournament. So should be a good weekend. Ole Miss should win it. Um, you know, you never know, though. It's postseason baseball, and that's the best part, uh, the best baseball. So um, looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, think I think the Rebs uh, actually did. Like I agree with Ben, they probably did get a better draw than than the names on the jersey might suggest. Uh, you got brand name like Florida State, and people I think get a little scared. But we'll deep dive later. But uh, I think uh, I think Ole Miss probably probably coast pretty easy here. Yeah, I you know a lot of people think that uh, Ole Miss probably one of the three toughest regionals, um, Arizona, who Ole Miss is paired up with if they get to a super. Um, I think a lot of people think they got the toughest draw. Um, a really good two seed in Oklahoma State. Uh, Wright State could be the best four seed in the tournament. And then UC Santa Barbara bringing that um, West Coast style of play. Um, they've got some really good starting pitching. Um, and then Tennessee – um, got absolutely screwed, in my opinion, uh, being a uh, top eight seed. Um, I mean, they uh, got a two seed in Duke that hasn't lost in seemingly, I guess it seems like two months, um, won the ACC tournament. Um, but look, I mean, it's kind of to that point now where you're in the tournament, you, you, you kind of need to stop looking to make excuses and, you know, just need to go win. Um, Ole Miss is a good team and uh, Arizona, Tennessee are also both good. So, you know, tough draw or not, you need to go out and just win games. So looking ahead at uh, the regional in Oxford, um, as uh, you guys mentioned, Southern Miss, the two seed, Florida State, the three, and then Southeast Missouri State, the four. Um, We can kind of take a look and uh, go through each team here and kind of talk about 
some strengths and some weaknesses or just kind of what we think. Southern Miss finished the uh, regular season 37-19. and 19. They won 22 games in Conference USA, um, kind of battled all year long with Louisiana Tech up there at the top of the standings. Um, but, yeah, they uh, lost in the semifinals. Um, I think it was a doubleheader um, to Louisiana Tech. But um, got some good starting pitching. Hunter Stanley's got a 2-4-2 ERA. Um, they've got uh, Walker Powell, 2-5-3 ERA. They've got a left-hander in Drew Boyd. He's got a 3-7-6. And then another right-handed pitcher, Ben Etheridge, with a 2-6-5. Um, pretty much all consistent starters all year long for them. Um, bullpen's pretty solid. Got a couple, uh, Garrett Ramsey's got nine saves on the year. They've got some guys that, uh, can, uh, kind of piecemeal it, um, before him, Ryan Oak, Tanner Hall. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty good two seed. They were kind of flirting with a host side at one point. Um, I would say offensively probably led by Gabe Montenegro uh, slashes 330, 426, 493. Um, leads the team in at-bats, hits, and doubles. And then uh, Charlie Fisher slashes 338, 505, 550. Um, and he's got 44 walks. So as a guy that uh, sees a lot of pitches, works, counts. Uh, so that's going to be um, pretty indicative of, you know, how their approach is going to be with him at the top of that lineup with Ole Miss and how they uh, kind of work pitch counts as pitchers. Um, probably would like that they didn't do that, but uh, Ole Miss tends to get uh, pretty high in the pitch count. But, I mean, what have you two seen or heard about Southern or what do you kind of expect from the, um, uh, just looking at the Golden Southern Eagles Miss coming into this weekend? numbers and their roster, uh, I don't – think they're actually cut out for regional play and I'll explain why they so you, you just went over their their top hitters and their top pitchers but they don't have a ton of roster depth they've got about four hitters that hit over 300 and then they've got four solid starting pitchers but their bullpen depth is maybe one or two arms and their lineup length I mean once you get past those top four um you're It's a severe drop-off. It just seems to me, just looking at the numbers and and, uh, going off that, that that this is a roster that's only about eight, nine, ten players deep. Uh, You know, when you start getting into Sunday and, you know, if the thing goes to Monday, um, you're – you're, you're, you, can't, you can't go with only four or five pitchers, number one. And number two, people can go deep into that lineup, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and find outs where, you know, you look at a lineup like Ole Miss. I mean, you got like Hayden Leatherwood. I, I don't have Ole Miss's numbers in front of me right the second, but I'm sure he's like a 300-type hitter. You you, you can't find as many outs in the Ole Miss lineup as you can in the Southern Miss lineup. And um, – just seems to me that'll catch up with them later on. I think honestly, it's better that Ole Miss gets them in a regional than a super regional. Um, because you mentioned Hunter Stanley, I mean, he's gonna have to go against Florida State. I mean, you've got a tough three seed, you can't just sit there and hold your, your top guy. And you know, for Ole Miss, once you start getting into a conference USA number two, conference USA number three, you just got to hit those guys. I mean, their numbers look okay on paper, but you also have to take into effect that, um, you know, it is Conference USA that they they played in. They didn't face an SEC schedule. 
And as far as their hitter numbers go, they may also be a little inflated because um, Conference USA actually played a four-game weekend series this year as a COVID precaution early on. Um, So some of those offensive numbers can be a little inflated by facing what's essentially midweek guys on a Sunday in a doubleheader. Um, So it's not like the top end starting pitching like uh, you might see with like Doug Nikhazy, obviously, or Taylor Broadway or somebody like that. Yeah, Drew, you you mentioned – you know, their offensive numbers, it's, I mean, you, you were being quite, um, um, I, what's the word I want? Diplomatic there. The, um, USM Southern's bottom four hitters in the lineup are, are, are frankly just bad. I mean, they, you know, 211, 224, 233, 252, you know, 277. And, um, now that's not to say that, you know, Charlie Fisher has really good numbers. Gabe Montenegro has really good numbers. Um, Reed Trimble has really good numbers. Um, that, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, y'all, y- y'all hit the nail on the head. You, you're playing a four-game um, weekend series against uh, Conference USA teams. And while, you know, that Friday game or that Thursday-Friday game or maybe Friday and Saturday, the first two games, you're seeing some pretty decent pitching. You're not running into to Doug Nikhazy, frankly, all season, maybe once or maybe twice. And um you know, those guys just aren't in that league. And then and then like you said, I mean I mean even here in Oxford or, you know, a better argument maybe in in Auburn or LSU, you know, the midweek guys, the fourth pitcher, the fifth pitcher, there's a significant drop off to that guy from your Friday starter. Well, the drop's even bigger in Conference USA. So um, you're exactly right. The What it takes to get, you know, basically for a team like this to win a regional, and it, there, then again, anything's possible, but for a team typically from a smaller conference uh, to win a regional, they're going to have to be able to bash their way through. Think Tennessee Tech, and this Southern Miss team is just not built like that. Um, while they're very good, and you know, winning twenty-two conference games in any league is very good. I just, you know, they are um, limited in what they can do. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about Stanley. Um, you know, he's been good for them all year. Powell, um, the other pitcher I mentioned, he's been really good for them all year. I think. Going up against that three seed in Florida State in the first game, they're going to have to get a a really healthy, deep start from Stanley. He's going to have to go deep into the game, and uh, he's going to have to keep that Florida State offense in check because, I mean, this is a, a Southern Miss team that, that doesn't really hit it great as a team. You know, I mentioned Montenegro and Fisher. They both hit it really well. Um, Reed Trimble's another name to know. He's got 14 home runs on the year. But they only hit 267 as a team, and they only have 101 doubles um, playing in Conference USA. I mean, that's only three more than Ole Miss that played in arguably the best conference in the country. Um, so the offense doesn't really, you know, it's not really loud on paper. So we'll see how it plays at Swayze Field. And look, I'll say this before we move on to Florida State. You know, Southern typically plays Ole Miss well in those neutral site games or whether it's at Swayze um, they, they always kind of play up, you know, up to the competition. They play with their hair on fire a little bit, kind of nothing to lose. Um, they do the same with Mississippi State when they play there or when they play them in a neutral site. Different different atmosphere here. This is the tournament. This is a regional. 
you're, you know, on the road. I mean, it's it's a legitimate home game for Ole Miss every time they step on the field. So um, we'll see how Scott Berry's team plays. You know, they're going to be a little nervy, play a little tight. Because, I mean, it's different when you're just playing in Jackson um, at the Mississippi Braves Stadium and it's just a regular season game. And now, you know, your season's on the line. So we'll see how that affects this lineup and these pitchers as they got to deal with Florida State. And then if they win, um, you know, possibly dealing with an Ole Miss lineup that we'll get to here in a little bit, but is uh, arguably one of the most dangerous ones in the country. Um, moving on to Florida State, uh, the Seminoles 30 and 22 overall this year, 20 and 16 in the ACC. Um, pretty solid conference record in a, a conference like the ACC that ended up tweaking their conference schedule a little bit, played 36 conference games and they won 20. That's pretty darn loud. Um, look, I'll say this. Um, it's a household name, you know, Mike Martin's not there anymore, but, um, I, I mean, it's a dangerous three seed. Um, I don't know if it's the name across the chest, but, uh, they, they could probably play with just about anybody. Um, Parker Messick, the freshman left-hander seven and two on the year, 3.32 ERA, um, led the staff with 84 innings and struck out 121. So Southern Miss is going to have to deal with him and they're going to have to get by him if they want to get into the winner's bracket. Uh, Connor Grady, a right-handed pitcher, three nine zero ERA. Uh, they got another Southpaw and, and Bryce Hubbard, three nine seven. He's been good all year. Um, in the bullpen, though, Jack Anderson four saves, Chase Haney one save, um, Jonas Scalaro one save. So they've they've got some decent arms in the bullpen. Um, those are kind of their primary options right there. Um, offensively they've kind of been hit or miss all year they slashed 245 360 and 417 as a team um they did hit 74 home runs on the year but only 76 doubles um you want to talk about a a name to know um on this offense uh it's probably matthew nelson getting his first name um yeah matthew yeah his last name is Nelson. I can't Matthew think of his first Nelson. name. Matthew. Yeah, yeah. He spells his first name weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a, he's accounted for 30% of the team's home runs and 21% of the team's doubles. I believe he's at 22 home runs on the year. But he kind of gets things going for them offensively. They've got a couple guys that are, you know, either right at 300 um, or about 270. Uh, so they don't really scare you offensively. But um, – Look, I mean, it's kind of similar to Southern Miss. They're going to have to lean on starting pitching to keep them in these games. Parker Messick, um, Bryce Hubbard, the two lefties, and then their uh, their bullpen right-handed options. I, I, kind of what Ben said at the top, I don't think that this regional is super, super scary for an Ole Miss team that was on the verge of being a top-eight seed and was on the verge of getting to, this, getting to the uh, SEC title game in Hoover. Um Ole Miss has shown the ability to play with the best of the best, um, with Arkansas, with Vandy. Um, but this Florida State team, kind of like I said, with Southern Miss, if they get some legitimate starting pitching, if they get a seven, eight-inning outing from somebody, they can scare you a little bit. Um, Look, but, again, they're a three-seed for a reason. This this Florida State team, we can talk about their you know offense. I mean, 245 is bad. Like, let's just get that out there. They cannot hit if you take mm-hmm. Matthew Nelson off this team, mm-hmm. they probably hit – this is about me looking at it. They probably hit 230 as a team. They've got they, – that would drop them to 52. Now, 
you know, given the replacement hit a few home runs too, but that drops them to 52 home runs. It drops them to 60 doubles as a team. I mean, they they can't hit. Like, Forest State cannot hit. And uh, they field 970 as a team on defense. It, this is just not a very good baseball team. And, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, the name Florida State, they've made a thousand postseasons in a row. And uh, their coach is, you know, a, a literal legend. And they're a mainstay in postseason baseball. You know, take the name off, and this team is – is very average. And I know they played a lot of ACC games, uh, 36 to be exact. So, you know, taking that in consideration, they still hit 245 as a team. I mean, Ole Miss struggled mightily down the stretch offensively and still wound up hitting 291 as a team and hit well over 300 for most of the season. I mean, Ole Miss is hitting 291 as a team, and Peyton Chatagnier and Hayden Dunhurst are hitting 275 and 283 respectively. And, uh, you know, at one point in the year, Peyton Shania, I think, was National Player of the Week. So, um, long story short, we have a a very good opportunity here in this regional to, uh, if you can get past SEMO on game one, then uh, Ole Miss is going to be, I mean, this is a fact, Ole Miss will be the better team on Saturday. And so Ole Miss will be the better team in every game they play. But regardless, Ole Miss will be the better team on Saturday and is the best team in the regional. I mean, just these numbers are just not there. I mean, you cannot hit – I mean, hitting 245 as a team, unless you've got uh, the that UCLA pitching from a few years ago, that just doesn't get it done. And Florida State does not have that. Yeah, Parker Messick is good. Connor Grady's okay. But, you know, l- let's be real here. It would be an upset if Florida State won. The I might, schedule. I might slightly disagree with Ben and also slightly agree with Ben. Um, so, yeah, Florida State only hits two forty five as a team, but looking at their numbers, it looks like they're the epitome of what baseball is becoming, and that's the three true out three true outcomes. I mean, they've hit seventy four home runs, which is a good bit. Um, they. I mean, it is clear. It's clear. They, I mean, they've struck out what is this? Five hundred fifty-nine times. That's a ton of strikeouts. Um, two hundred fifty-six walks. Uh, so they have a they have a two forty-five average, but they also have a three sixty OBP. <laughs> it's clear this team does three things when they come to plate: they homer, they walk, or they strike out, and that that's all they do. So the two forty-five thing is a little misleading to me. Um, I could. Without watching them play all year, I could definitely see where they've probably gone in big cold spells on offense and been hot at times. But um, they, so the the home run ball does make it a little scary for them. Um, but in in my opinion, I, I I do see like you know Florida State is is a brand name and everything like that. But they do to me possess. I, th- I think they're more of a threat than Southern Miss is in this regional. And my main reason has nothing to do with offense. It's because of their bullpen depth. I mean, they've got they've got a few guys here with like below three ERAs that have pitched over twenty innings this year. Um, it's it's one, two, three, four, like five of them. Um, so when you have a little like Southern Miss had one or two, when you have that kind of bullpen depth, that can sustain you through the regional. Um, I think their starters are just okay, but obviously besides the Messick uh, kid, and he's probably going to start Friday because they're going to have to. Um, and then their starters get pretty average to me uh, Saturday, Sunday. But they do, like I said, they do have good bullpen depth. And 
this is probably uh, leading into a conversation we might, we may have later in the show, but with Mike going to Derek Diamond against Semo, I think that's a good call because look, looking at the numbers, it, it looks to me like Diamond would have been a bad matchup versus Florida State for Ole Miss because Diamond has given up 14 bombs and 12 doubles this year, and it's clear to me that. Florida State probably would have gotten a bomb or two off of him because uh, that's what just what they they go for on offense. Uh, so I think they, I mean, they're not going to hit like Tennessee Tech did in 2018 or anything, and they're not as good as a hitting team as Ole Miss is either. But they they do have that power, and that that's a little scary. Uh, it's, it's something to not be totally slept on. But uh, this, but Doug McKenzie is probably a really good matchup against them because I mean Doug has over 100 strikeouts. I mean, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll easily have double digit strikeouts in that game. It's just a matter of you know containing the the big hit because I mean, Florida State obviously every game they play they probably get a, at least one one or two double or home runs. Uh, that's just how they play. Um, it'll it'll come down mostly if Ole Miss were to play Florida State to just uh, hitting an average ACC pitcher. Um, that's kind of what it'd come down to. You know. Uh, I see your point a little bit about Florida State's on base percentage being 360, but that that's good for 160th in the country. I mean, it's not like you know we're not talking about the Oakland A's here. You know, Ole Miss's on base is 389, which is good for 40th in the country. Uh, I, I'm not. I, I, I agree with you about the home runs. I mean, 74 home runs is good on the year for a team that hits 245, but. They're still not good at. Ba- I mean, I mean, this is not a good team. Like they're they're just not. Like you, there there are no numbers here. They're the worst fielding team in the regional. They're the worst average in the regional. They have the worst on base percentage in the regional. Like I, you know, they do, they do still base as well. I mean, uh, I guess they're twenty four for thirty four. I, I, I'm just I'm not seeing it. I, and that's not me to be meaning to be argumentative. I agree with you. It's about beating an average SEC or ACC pitcher. I do agree there, but you know th- this is just not. Florida State's got guys in the yeah, lineup hitting um, two hundred. I, I don't. Right. I mean, they've got two guys hitting two hundred seven or worse that are everyday yeah, players. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think they steal bases very well. I mean, they don't steal enough to even like. They don't tempt enough to even really try. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like, like I said, I mean, with with Doug, I'm not worried about it. Like, with any other pitcher, I might have been worried about it just because. Our other pitchers do have the tendency to kind of give up those big hits. But like I said, Doug's a good matchup. He, he's a strikeout pitcher. They're a strikeout offense. So uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see – I see a very good matchup for Ole Miss should, should we play Florida State on that Saturday game. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, about the home All run right. point, I'm seeing <laughs> Ole Miss is 18th in the country in home runs and Florida State is 19th. That's more than East Carolina, Wright State, Florida. So they do bash it. A lot of it just comes from having that one guy that's just, you know, where is Ole Miss if Tim Elko doesn't get injured? I mean, you, you can't say that, but you know what I'm saying. Like, this guy's got 64 RBIs. I mean, he's had a heck of a year. Matthew Nelson, just a beast. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, probably the one guy that you have to worry about. Just kind of limit limit the amount of fastballs that he sees. Um, but, all right, before we uh, dive in, to uh, Southeast Missouri State, who uh, Ole Miss is facing on Friday. We're going to take our break here from the rest of our sponsors. When we get back, we will have more Oxford Regional breakdown. So hang tight. We'll be right back. 
It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event maybe a anniversary a wedding reception a rehearsal dinner something the place is amazing that's wonderbird spirits north mississippi's first distillery in taylor mississippi and be sure to follow them on instagram for all their latest updates and uh comings and goings there at wonderbird speaking of libations if you're in memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the Rooftop Bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate 
via telephone. You can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion, talking Oxford Regional. All right, we covered Southern Miss and Florida State. They will be playing on Friday. Ole Miss will take on SEMO, the Red Hawks, from the Ohio Valley Conference. All right, SEMO, 30-20 and 20 on the year, 17-10 and 10 in the OVC. They won the regular season and the tournament title. Um, we got to start with Dylan Dodd. Um, their ace, nine and one on the year, two seven eight ERA. Uh, he was great in conference play all season. Uh, had an outing against Arkansas super early in the year. Struck out ten against the Hogs. I believe they ended up losing in extra innings. Um, he's thrown ninety and two thirds innings this season. Only allowed seventy five hits. Uh, opponents are hitting two sixteen against him, and he struck out one hundred and thirteen while all, only walking fourteen. Um, Kind of eerily similar vibe looking at the uh, box score there. Kind of what you see with Doug McKenzie. Um, So I think, you know, being a left-hander, people have said he's kind of a poor man's Doug McKenzie. Um But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a legitimate problem for Ole Miss. They're going to have to solve him first and foremost. But uh, Ole Miss has got the lineup to do it. They hit 291 as a team, and uh, we've seen them play all year. We know what they're capable of. We know what they're capable of doing. Two really good pitchers. Um, they did it to Jack Leiter in the SEC tournament. They did it to Kumar Rocker in the regular season. They've done it all year long against good pitching. So, um, but yeah, after Dodd, though, depending on what where they go, um, you know, if Ole Miss were to chase him, um, you know, that I guess in their bullpen you've got Austin Williams who has six saves. You've got a lefty and and. Blake Cisneros with two saves, Matt Perego. Um, but, I mean, these names, these are just guys that kind of jump out to me, that guys that have a lot of appearances on the year. But Perego has a 5.68 ERA. Uh, Fisher Roche has a 3.60 ERA. So these aren't guys that are really filling up the strike zone and, and, and missing a lot of barrels here. Um, I mean, this is a team that's a four seed. They've got a really good pitcher. Um, I think if Ole Miss gets by Dodd, after that, it's an Ohio Valley Conference pitching staff. I know that people are probably laughing slash uh, pulling their hair out because we said that in 2018 with Tennessee Tech, and we all know how that happened. Or, or we all know what happened um, with that. But um, looking at their offense, Tyler Wilbur is the name to know. He slashes 389, 458, 560. That's really good. Um, he has the most hits on the team and RBIs. Um, pretty big fall off after that. You've got. Uh, Javon Mason hitting 371, and then Andrew Keck is hitting 299. Um, cleanup hitter that's got 17 steals on the year, which is a weird thing to say. Um, they're hitting 272 on the season, only 37 home runs as a team, which is uh, seems like a typo, uh, and they only have 80 doubles. So, um, look, it's a one-versus-four matchup. It's a home regional. Um, you're a nationally ranked team. You play in the SEC. I know Dylan Dodd's good, um, but this is one where you just kind of have to go out there and win. Derek Diamond's getting the ball. We talked about that already, but this is this is a game where 
Ole Miss just kind of has to go out there and be Ole Miss. Zach cut out there for me. Yeah, Can you all yeah. hear me? He, he did for me too. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, with with Simo, I mean, yeah, it's just ahead. a okay. Yeah, go ahead, Bruce. we can edit that part. Um, <clears throat> with Simo, it's just an it's just a not a good hitting OVC team. I mean, they got the the quote unquote ace, but he's nothing they that you're not going to see on like a line. Saturday in the SEC. Um, kids gonna have we seen this time and time again? He's not even. Yeah, a I mean, I was probably being generous. We've seen this time and time again. The kid's going to come into 12,000 at Swayze, amped up, probably throwing like three mile an hour harder than he normally does. Um, and then he'll, by the fourth or fifth inning, he's lost it because he's been too amped up and and he's just not staying within himself. And from everything I've read on a scouting report and everything else is that he's a fastball changeup guy. And Ole Miss has six or seven lefties in the lineup at any given time. And you can't, as a left-handed pitcher, you can't throw that left that change up into lefties because it comes right into the, the hitting zone. Um, so he's got to rely on a fastball, which is Ole Miss has already for years been a fastball hunting team. Uh, so that's that's problematic in of itself. This guy may, you know, get through the lineup one time, one and a half times. But once Ole Miss sees them a few times, I mean, it's, I just don't see what what he possesses that that almost hasn't seen, and then you get into the bullpen and it's night night night. I mean, they got they got nothing. I mean, they got a guy with like a four seven four and a three two six who's made a few starts. I mean, in the OVC, I mean that's the bullpen. It'll be over by then. Um, as far as the offense, you know, I mean, so there's no there's. Going with Derek Diamond was the easy choice here. You hit 272 in the OVC, only hit 37 homers, only 80 doubles. I mean, the, the, the team has like two and a half hitters. Like, I mean, that was that was a great decision by Mike because if Diamond gives up any more than two runs, he had a really bad outing. Uh, I mean, the, the I think see, I think some of the Ole Miss fans have kind of overrated Simo a little bit. I don't think this is a good four seed at all. Like you see with. I think Arizona actually got a really tough four seed, uh, which Ole Miss fans really, really need Grand Canyon to come through there. But I don't. I think this is a very middling four seed that Ole Miss got, and uh, and it has given them the ability to not throw Doug Nikhazy, uh game one. Yeah, you know about Dylan Dodd. He does he does strike out a lot of batters, but I mean it's it's not like he goes out there and throws up uh, you know zero ERA on the season or no runs per game. I mean, in fact, you know, he only made it five innings against Jacksonville state and got knocked around. They scored five on him through 104. He threw 104 innings against Jackson's or pitches against Jackson state. Then against his last outing against Austin P you know, he went six and two thirds um, and, and gave up six runs. Uh, you know, six earned runs, seven runs, six earned through 119 pitches. I mean, that's that was a week less than a week ago. I mean, we're we're not talking about Kumar Rocker here, even though Ole Miss beat him. Him, so like that, I you know, aces come into Oxford all the time. Casey Mize, Kumar Rocker, you name them, and Ole Miss has has rattled them, has has won the game. I I just you know. Yes, does does Simo have an ace? Whereas some four seeds just don't even have one. Sure, they do, and, and this is the guy. But like this, they're not coming in here with some you know number one overall pick. I mean, this guy's probably what a fifth or sixth rounder, tenth rounder. 
You know, I just – and that's probably because he gets a lot of strikeouts, but he gives up runs, and I'm just – I'm not seeing it. I, I don't see this uh, – I'm like Drew. I mean, you know, maybe call me Mr. Optimistic. I don't care. But um, second time through the order, Ole Miss should be, you know, teeing off on this guy. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about everybody but Ole Miss, it seems like. But, um, you know, we mentioned it already. Ole Miss probably has one of the scarier lineups in the country. 291 as a team, 75 home runs, 98 doubles. Um, I expect there to be plenty of beer showers in, in, in Oxford this weekend. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez kind of leads the way at the top, hitting 354. Um, Ole Miss has five everyday players hitting over 300. Um, he leads the team in at-bats, runs, hits, and walks, and is third on the team with 10 home runs. Um, truly a – SEC freshman of the year caliber season and a freshman All-American season there. Uh, Kevin Graham hitting 339. He's hit 14 bombs this year, 13 doubles, 52 RBIs. And then you've got Tim Elko, obviously. Torn ACL and all. Uh, just a absolutely just insane year. 331. Um, hit two home runs against Vandy in the SEC tournament game. Um uh, just not even what he does at the plate just provides a ton of energy, a spark when he's in the lineup, whether he can run or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's in there to to hit bombs or hit balls in the gap and drive runs in. Um, I mean, this lineup though, I mean, honestly, from top to bottom, there's a couple spots where you've got some dudes that are, um, you know, somewhat of a quote unquote hole in the lineup. But I mean, if you look at the other everyday players, Justin Bench, 319. TJ McCants, 314. Hayden Leatherwood, 285. Hayden Dunhurst, 283. Peyton Chatney, 275. I mean, uh, Cale Baker's had his struggles this year against right-handed pitching and off-speed stuff. He hits left-handers well. Um, really high OPS against left-handed pitching. Um, but, I mean, honestly, uh, against this this regional, this lineup should have their way. Um, you know, turning over, looking at the pitching, you know, we know Gunnar Hoagland's gone, you know, if Gunnar Hoagland is healthy and he's still pitching, I mean, this is an absolute wrap, but, uh, you've got Doug Nikhazy with a 218 ERA, um, probably had as good of a, as good of an argument for SEC pitcher of the year, uh, as anyone, you know, if Kevin Copps doesn't exist, he wins it by a landslide. Um, and then look, Derek Diamond and Drew McDaniel. Both had great outings in Hoover. Um, they showed pretty much what I think Ole Miss fans can look forward to seeing next year on the weekend. Um, and then on the back end, I mean, Taylor Broadway's the the closer. He's slamming the door, 13 saves on the year. He's tied for the single-season record with Stephen Head. Um, and then, look, they've had some dudes that have shown some real fire at the end, literally and figuratively. Brandon Johnson has been up in the uh, – the mid to upper 90s when he's been in late in games. Um, Wes Burton, Tyler Myers, Jackson Kimbrell's had some some shaky outings, but he's been good as of late. Um, those guys have got to step up and, and close the door. Um, you know that Mike Bianco is probably going to go to Broadway in game one. If it's anything resembling a save opportunity, he's going to want to get that first win and get in the winner's bracket. So you're going to need guys like Brandon Johnson and uh, Burton, Myers, Kimbrell, Austin Miller, I mean, those guys have got to step up and and get some uh, some quality innings, some quality outings. But um, you know, as we as we kind of close here, I mean, I think we I think we all agree 
this is an Ole Miss team that's built to win a regional. Um, this offense is built to win a regional. You're playing at home, um, full capacity. I mean, I expect upwards of twelve to thirteen thousand people there um, on Friday night. So uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be raucous and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I, I just you know the Dodd kid's really good, but I just expect Ole Miss to to like you said, Ben, second time around once they see him. It's time to to really turn it on. Yep, yep. Nothing more to say. That just go win the game. Yeah, I think uh, for Ole Miss, uh, I mean, you kind of went over what the, yeah, the I mean, pitching staff and the and the lineup looks like. Drew, you got anything else? Um, the the key to me for Ole Miss is to just hit the ball. Um, we might I think, have lost Drew like there. in We've Hoover, technical difficulties uh, tonight, so bear with us. But, but you know, Ole Miss struggled um, to, to hit it a little bit. Not really yeah, maybe the crowds are going to be down huge. a little bit. Uh, maybe everybody a few days of rest will help them out. But like, yeah, for the most part, you're not going to be facing so aces or I figure anything that there'll be, like you, you said, 12, 13 regular SEC play. And you have the best lineup in this region, so just hit the ball. You know, it's easily the deepest lineup. And I just think that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the other teams like are going to struggle to find out. You know, I have 82 low of um, 61 or 65 on Friday. Uh, so and then um, Saturday, I, I, I'm not really 82, too worried about the pitching. because I don't. And then Sunday's I mean, got a 40% with, with chance of rain. the exception of Florida State to me, I don't think that sure the, that they'll the probably get other hitters are going to make Ole Miss really struggle on the mound. And Ole Miss got some confidence in Hoover to where the – Looking at – they, I feel I feel like they're they're the back end of the rotation is going to be just fine. So just um, keep up the pitching, and I think just hit a little bit better, and it shouldn't be too difficult for Ole Miss. Yeah, um, we lost you there for a moment, Drew. So we kind of missed first part of what you were saying. If you want to repeat it, but uh, we caught the back end of it. But yeah, I think you're saying what we're saying. But anyway, um, like I said, technical difficulties. We're we're all working from. Uh, from different spots in the uh, in the country, so um, hope you got the gist. I mean, look, it, it's a regional that Ole Miss should win. Ole Miss is the better team by and large, so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's it's speaking out of turn to say that this is a regional that Ole Miss should should kind of waltz through and win three games and and kind of dust themselves off and get ready for a super regional, whether that's hosting or uh, heading out to Tucson. But um, game one, Southern Miss, Florida State at 2 p.m. Game two, Ole Miss, Southeast Missouri at 7 at Swayze Field. After that, games uh, three and four uh, will be 11 and 5 p.m. respectively on Saturday. And then five and six will be 1 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Sunday. And then game seven, obviously, if necessary, on Monday. But uh, Ole Miss, SEMO, 7 p.m. at Swayze Field. Get out there. Enjoy the game. Enjoy being out there in some great weather and uh, watching the Rebs. So until next time, uh, for Drew and for Ben, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We are out.